0: This podcast is Challenging Opinions and is presented by William Campbell.
1: Thank you for downloading the Challenging Opinions podcast from March 5th, 2018. Last September, I talked to Heather Jones, then the editor of the alt-right website Black Pigeon Speaks. She's left that site and changed some of her views. And in this podcast, I talk to her about what she thinks the alt right gets wrong.
0: Challenging Opinions is the podcast where ideas are tested. Whether you are left or right, conservative or progressive, devout or skeptic, what matters is the strength of your argument, not the strength of your voice
1: on the skype line now i have heather jones heather's a repeat offender with challenging opinions she was featured a few months back because she's the editor or she was the editor of the blackpigeonspeaks.com website an alt-right uh, news and uh, comment website um heather you've left that you've changed your mind on some things you got in touch with me and told me that um what areas have you changed your mind on
0: Um, as a whole, I think I've allowed myself to open up to the fact that, um, the right wing community as a whole, and I think you can probably include everyone who's like alt right and every kind of type of right wing there is, um, that it, it just got so boring to me and the thought process kind of happened over a few months and it really was kind of started by the fact that i felt very trapped i guess with what i could say and what i couldn't say and that was a real problem for me because i am very opinionated and i don't like to kind of have my speech kind of be curbed
1: when you when you say that um i think Within the alt-right and possibly within other political movements as well, there tends to be a groupthink and that uh, people share a very wide range of uh, opinions. That's to say that if they think they agree with the alt-right on one particular issue, they tend to agree with it on many. Mm. And that there's, in inside any political movement, there tends to be quite a low level of diversity of thinking. Was that what was getting you?
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's just like, I mean, if you go... I would go on Twitter and Mm -hmm. I would scroll down my timeline and it would just be the same thing over and over and over again. And I found it just so hypocritical because I feel like the right constantly kind of berate the left for kind of not being able to think for themselves and having this sheep-like mentality and infighting. Mm -hmm. And the right has turned exactly into that. I mean, it always might have been that way, um, but I think maybe I was probably... I just kind of ignored it and I think, um, there were a lot of topics that I really want to talk about openly. And I was kind of pressured into not talking about them. Because you say, you say pin- pressured
1: into, was this pressure that came from yourself that you wanted to conform or were people actually um, putting pressure on you to not say things that didn't match all of the uh right tick boxes?
0: Um, both. I think, I mean, I do put pressure on myself and I think is probably embarrassing as it is to say being the editor at Black Pigeon and kind of having so many people, because of the sheep-like mentality, so many people kind of because I was grouped into that kind of like group of Black Pigeon speaks. Mm-hmm. People do just kind of blindly believe and they think that things you're saying are correct and right, and pe- they actually do they do listen, and I think people were listening to me, and from that I kind of got this massive ego, mm-hmm. and it really wasn't healthy at all and even though I think it's kind of healthy to have a bit of an ego. And I think I always will because I always have done. Mm -hmm. But it got to the point where I was just putting pressure on myself because I was constantly focusing on what other people thought of me. And I think also I had a lot of pressure from being involved in Black Pigeon that ultimately kind of really harmed me.
1: Do you think, Heather, there were specific things that you would have said, but you checked yourself because you thought it might not fit in with this... uh Alt right group think?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. For example, um, something that kind of got to me the most was I feel really passionate about kind of speaking out about mental health issues. Mm -hmm. because that's something that i deal with i have mental illness and it's really important to me that i don't keep that secret and being involved in black pigeon speaks you know i was told that i cannot ever tell anyone that i deal with mental health issues and i can't tweet about my mental health i can't kind of share my ideas about helping people
1: was that from colleagues at the website yeah. Clearly there's an, a degree to which intolerance of that might mm. chime with some of the alt-right uh, themes. Maybe some people would disagree with that. I'm n- not, don't want to comment specifically on that. Were there any more political issues that you felt you couldn't give your true opinion on?
0: Yes, I think um, because I have kind of been challenging myself, I've kind of managed to kind of overstep kind of like lines that I thought that I was trapped by. I mean, the whole kind of like women supporting women thing. Mm-hmm. I think I was kind of scared away from it because you do consider it to be a feminist issue kind of like women supporting women with what they do whether it's kind of with business or kind of like coming out about sexual assault or rape or anything like that Mm -hmm. and I've kind of learned to believe and really support the fact that women do need to support other women and they need to be able to speak out about stuff that's happening um but I think as a as a general thing, women's issues aren't discussed on the right, like real genuine women's issues.
1: Do, do you think sometimes, and I think um, one of the hottest hot button issues on mm-hmm. the alt-right is opposition to Islam? And I think only the only time I've heard uh, people on the alt-right express any concern for women is, when they express concern for women who are oppressed by Islam, do you think that's a pose? Do you think that's a genuine, a a genuine, uh, uh, out of genuine concern for women? Or do you think that's just a pose to have an excuse to be opposed to Islam?
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely an excuse. I don't think, because I mean, I see it on my social media, kind of people saying, you know, that kind of, oh, like feminism is only needed in third world countries and countries that are ruled by Islam. And even though I do believe that there is truth behind that statement, I believe that most people are saying it because it's kind of a thing to have against Islam. And I think you can call me a feminist or you want for saying this, but I think at the moment, the right, even though it does obviously have female patrons, is very kind of male centred. And I think it's actually got to the point where a lot of males have kind of they kind of think that it's a male thing if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like being right is associated with being like a male and then pretty much most of the women who are in the right um and I know this is a criticism that the left have of the right when that classic kind of thing like oh women are only right wing because like they want the boys to notice them Mm -hmm. and I think that's entirely true so many people um were you guilty of that? um in a way yeah um maybe, it should, it, should maybe a bit be, it, it
1: should probably be said there's no shortage of uh, male feminists who are uh uh showing mm. up at, at whatever feminist event hoping to get laid
0: mm. Well, yeah. And I think, honestly, even though, I mean, that is probably the, the way that the world works. So I can't really like berate people too much for doing that. But I think, um, you know, you don't, you don't become a member of a political party to find your soulmate. But I think people will now use it as like a dating pool, really.
1: When you say people in, in referring to the old right in particular, you mean, you mean girls?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I see it all the time, and you see it like on their social media, like constantly trying to get attention from all these like men on the right. Um, and I know Paul Joseph Watson like continuously moans about all the women in his messages, mm-hmm. which I find a little hard to believe anyway. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, yeah, that's just something that I've noticed really.
1: Okay. Um, maybe moving beyond that to some of the more broader political issues, mm-hmm.
0: where do you think
1: the criticisms of the alt right are most on target what what do you think are their most their weakest political points
0: i'd say it's kind of like more of a select group but this kind of like very like anti women
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, ideology that you get mm mm-hmm. mhm um, which I'd consider to be very extreme I think you get the people who kind of, they are so anti-women to the point that I think they're just kind of like backwards, like because their ideas are just not going to work in today's society of kind of like women strictly being kind of like housewives and they shouldn't do this, they shouldn't do that.
1: For people who aren't familiar with the Black Pigeon Speaks website one of the videos that I brought up with you on the last interview uh, was one that explicitly advocated not only that women should not have the vote, but they should be prevented from having any influence in society at all. Um, Is that a realistic position to take?
0: No, it's the position. People take that position, or men take that position, because they've been hurt by women, because they've had unfortunate um, relationships with women, whether that be their mum or their girlfriend. Um, And I think... They kind of use the fact that it's like political opinion as a mask, because I think they are real emotional issues that they just haven't dealt with, um, and it's it's not viable because it's not going to work just because in our society like we're so past that, and it I don't think it's very beneficial to a society.
1: Okay, w- one of the things, and you can maybe comment on this, but one of the things that I think is probably uh, really one of their weakest points is just the flagrant looseness with facts. And I think this possibly comes to the top in terms of Donald Trump, who's famously uh, for, for brazenly lying. But you don't have to dig too far into any alt-right website and start fact checking to find things that are just wildly inaccurate. Are you a bit embarrassed by that?
0: Yes, um, I mean, I'm guilty of it myself. And I think people, I kind of like posted things on my Twitter, like in the past that I kind of like cut a specific piece, like out of an article or whatever, kind of prove my point. Mm. Um, but I know there are people, I think doing that is pretty harmless, honestly. But I think some people obviously do take it to the point where they just take stuff so out of context to kind of push their narrative, Um, and it is—it's just—it's ridiculous and it's embarrassing to see.
1: Can you give an example?
0: Um, not off the top of my head, but you see it all the time, and I think, um, I think the thing is that if you see something on Twitter and you're just scrolling through. And you see it you might be inclined to believe it or just like presume that it's true but I think you actually need to kind of like look at it and think like oh hang on a second and really kind of think about it but I think the problem is with society in general at the moment is that no one really thinks they just kind of like they see something and they automatically think that it's 100% true and I know not everything that you read that on the this, internet I've is not, true by obviously. no means
1: exclusive to one political group but that when people when there's something that confirms your biases that it's this mm. sort of story that tells you that everything you want to believe is true there's there's mm. there's an almost irresistible uh urge to oh yeah definitely leave it without checking it and to run around or be it on twitter or personally or however else to tell everybody how you've now proven that everything you thought previously was true
0: oh yeah i mean that's that's human nature like we want to See, mm-hmm. we believe we want to kind of be told what we think is right, don't we? Um, but I think it really takes a true strength of character to kind of say, um, oh, actually, I need to think about this. And if it's not true, you need to kind of allow it to shape your opinion and kind of like further your knowledge or something. Is,
1: isn't one of the, isn't one of the things that perhaps has been lost in the way that the media in recent years has been siloed, and previously um, you're quite young, possibly before your time, everybody was watching the same t v news and perhaps came away with a different opinion, but the, although they had different opinions, they had the same facts. It seems now that you can choose facts mm. as well as choosing opinions that that suit you and and that's that's a real danger in in political discourse, isn 't it
0: Oh yeah, definitely um I think, I mean, I have thoughts on this, but I think I just can't kind of express them at the moment because I mm-hmm. can't figure out how to express them in a way that other people kind of understand. Um, but it is, it's so frustrating kind of living in a world like that. And I am, I am guilty of it in the past. And at the moment I am really trying to focus on bettering myself and trying not to do that. Um, and I think something that's really important in order to do that is to be able to look at different, um, sources of information because you can't just look at one and get all the facts out because they mm-hmm. they are picking what their own facts from it. And I'm not to talk about how well, like, no, the BBC roll, roll is like, fake that's, that's news. That's The
1: BBC is fake news. The BBC puts a huge amount of effort no BBC fails like all human beings do, but they put a huge no, no, amount no, of it's effort not. into um no, no, fact no, no. I'm, checking I'm, I'm and if they that. make a mistake to, to correct themselves.
0: No, no, I'm not I'm not saying that. I mean I watch BBC mm-hmm. News every lunchtime. When I eat lunch at work like I but I think that, I think the problem is is that I never kind of blindly believe what mm. I see on it
1: yeah, but but there's there's a qualitative difference between something like BBC, New York Times, CNN and something like Breitbart or Black Pigeon Speaks or perhaps uh, on the on the left as well, but explicitly campaigning news and comment sites.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. And I mean, Black Pigeon is not a news site in any way. It's just a massive, like...
1: Oh, explain that.
0: All do with yourself, really, when you read it. You're just... I mean, oh, you're just reading from, what you want to hear, aren't you? It's who was crap. effectively
1: uh, running a lot of the content.
0: I I hit publish, but, you know, I mean, it's basically just a massive, like, gangbang of people, like, hearing what they want to hear. Um, and, I mean, if you kind of read it if you read some of the articles I mean some of them are just so beyond like belief and the scary thing is is that someone's written that and thought yes like that's a good thing I want to publish
1: or Mm. and to be fair to you that's not always exclusively on the on the right that happens on the left as well
0: Oh, yeah, like it's all, all over the left as well. I mean, I think they're both as guilty as one another. Are I think you, are you sure, just, just to pause you on said. that, and I just want
1: to ask you one question on that. Are you sure they're each as guilty? Because the apologia on the left, and of course, they're biased and, and websites and their are uh, sites that essentially appeal and get clicks by telling people on the left what they mm. want to hear. But there's always been at least a veneer of factual. Information that even if they were wrong, they were aspiring or at least pretending to aspire towards being correct. There seems to be on the right almost a contempt for accuracy and a contempt for anything uh, approaching uh, balance or looking at, at both sides of an issue. And, and it's almost, you know, how extreme can you, can you spin the story is more prestigious than even pretending to be accurate.
0: I think it's kind of, I think it's developed into that, and that is a massive problem that I do have with the right at the moment. Um, but I do honestly believe that the left and the right are as guilty as one another. I don't think there's kind of, I think there's probably equal blame for it. But I think they probably go about it in different ways. I think the left has its own ways of spreading like fake news, if you want to call it, um, as it's kind of different as the right. And I think the right um, Mm -hmm. as a whole, it does have this very sheep-like mentality. Um, And I think we've kind of... I find it really bizarre, actually, with the right, because I feel like so many people kind of have this anti-authoritarian stance on stuff. Oh, you know, like everyone's equal here, like we're fighting the same fight. But like there are clearly people who are at the top, which people never question, which people never kind of say anything bad about because, you know, like they're, they're our gods, like they cannot do any wrong.
1: It does it have aspects of a cult?
0: Um I feel like that that's I feel that's bit of a strong word but i feel like some people i mean it's just a whole life isn't it
1: yeah um i guess i guess so you might know that better than me one thing it's been i mean there's been no shortage of comment online about how some muslims in the west particularly second and third generation muslims have been radicalized actually into the point of t- carrying out terrorist acts by propaganda online from isis mm. um do you think that there's any danger of that happening with alt right propaganda?
0: I mean, fingers crossed, it won't get to the point of like alt right te- terrorism.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. um, that would be so embarrassing. And hey, sad. Oh, oh, hold on
1: for a second. It would be bad because it would, terrorism would be bad because it would embarrass people.
0: I mean it would be embarrassing to be part of a group which commits terrorist acts wouldn't it i mean i'm
1: not I'm not specifically some, some saying uh, as a group but simply that the if you call it an intellectual movement that the fellow travelers who essentially swallow and believe their own propaganda and I'm going to tell you what specifically I'm referring to and we talked on the previous podcast about a false story that was started originally by Donald Trump Jr., Mm -hmm. who claimed uh, incorrectly that Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London, had said that people should accept terrorism as being part and parcel of being a, of living in a a large city. Um, Since then, in Finsbury Park, a guy called Darren Osborne uh, got a van and rammed it into a group of um, people coming out of a mosque after prayer. Mm-hmm. Just, I want to listen to this very short clip of that comes from the audio of a police body cam as he's being arrested. Quiet vigils. Part and parcel sure, sure, of living general. in a big city. Nice one. Um, That's that's audio directly after that man was arrested, having uh, murdered one man and uh, injured several others. He's repeating there that line that came originally from Donald Trump Jr., which was falsely attributed to uh, Sadiq Khan. That was carried also on Black Pigeon Speaks.
0: Sadiq Khan has stated that terrorist attacks are part and parcel of living in a major city.
1: Words matter, don't they, Heather?
0: Yeah, they do. And I think that's something that people, people just don't think about what they say anymore, just in general. And I think people are very, I mean, I'm very guilty of it. I say things all the time that I don't think about necessarily before I say them. Um, and I think you do see stuff which, like, the right say, and it's clear that they haven't thought about it before they open their mouths. Mm-hmm. Um, But again, everyone's guilty of that. Um, I'm just, at the moment, I'm just trying to really not kind of like point fingers at anyone. I'm just kind of like assess what's going on in my view of of everything.
1: Okay. And and, uh, obviously you've left the Black Pigeon Speaks website. Um, Mm -hmm. But from outside that, uh, have you made your change of opinions known and have you received any blowback from that?
0: um i briefly had uh another page that i put two or three articles on mm-hmm. which only lasted like a week or something um and it did i mean it did, it did get some feedback and people kind of said that it was nice to get fresh ideas um and obviously my friends read it and they kind of gave me real opinions on it um I think, I mean, part of my reality check was, is that people actually, they don't really care. Like, my opinions don't matter in the grand scheme of things. Um, sadly, they only mattered as long as I was part of Black Pigeon Speaks.
1: So you, you didn't experience anyone um, perhaps angry that you'd left the group followers on Twitter or anything like that?
0: Well, I mean, it, it wasn't – there wasn't a big announcement. There wasn't kind of a big thing about it. I mean, I left very quietly. I don't even know if anyone's noticed that I've gone. Um,
1: <laughs> I, I, I've, I'm looking at the website now. I noticed that, that um, your articles are still there, but there's none after uh, – uh, 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 since uh, before Christmas 2017.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I checked out of that kind of world of, in, you know, like November, December. It's mm-hmm. been kind of like a long time coming, the <laughs> But um, I'm not sure if anyone has actually noticed that I'm not the editor anymore.
1: How do you see your future? You said you told me previously you'd like to be a writer, but do you think that yeah. you could write on more varied topics or from from a more independent point of view?
0: Maybe. Um, I I honestly don't know. I think at the moment, after having my massive reality check and having scaled down my ego a bit, um, I'm just really trying to enjoy like my life how it is. Um, I'm taking I've taken a step back from political commentary um and i'm not letting it kind of like rule my life and i think it it can get to a point where you just can't enjoy anything anymore like you can't enjoy anything on tv or you can't read anything without kind of having that political commentary going on in your head
1: you're you're a you're a, a thinker at uh, at the core
0: yeah i mean i will always question things and things obviously still do irk me and I have still have those discussions like with my friends and I do talk about politics, but it's not my entire life. And I think I'm just at the moment, I'm just trying to focus on myself, really. Um, my mental health has been really important these last couple of months and just trying to get to a place where I'm really happy with who I am and not trying to be some like famous political commentator.
1: Heather Jones, formerly of the alt-right, formerly of blackpigeonspeaks.com. Thank you very much for talking to me.
0: Thank you. Never miss a show. You can subscribe to the podcast for free using iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or any other podcast software or app. See challengingopinions.com backslash subscribe for details.
1: That's all for the Challenging Opinions podcast published on March 5th, 2018. You can find links for my original interview with Heather and other references in the show notes on the website. And if you know someone else who I should interview, or another topic I should be covering, get in touch. I'm always interested to hear your feedback. And if you like the podcast, another thing you can do is go to iTunes, give the podcast a rating, and write a short review. That really helps other people to find the podcast, and you can get a link directly to the iTunes page on the website. Also, please like the show on Facebook. On Twitter, you can follow the show at Challenging o, and follow Heather at HLJ underscore 22. And most important, subscribe to the show. It's free. You can use Apple Podcasts, Google Play or any other podcast app or software. There's links and there's an RSS feed all on the website. And if you don't use a podcast app or software or an RSS feed, you can just subscribe by email. Enter your email address on the Challenging Opinions website and each time a new show goes online, you'll get a simple email with the link to click and listen on the website and zero spam, I promise. You can find all of that or get in touch with me at www.challengingopinions.com. Coming up next Monday, that's March 12th, I'll be talking to Brad Friedman. He's the host of the syndicated broadcast on the Liberal network Pacifica Radio. The Challenging Opinions podcast is produced and presented by me, William Campbell. Thank you for listening.